have Jeff Scott here. Hi, Jeff. Hello. How's it going? It's going well, thanks. Are you nervous? Very. Okay. okay. Well, don't be nervous. He, lo- he looks nervous. He is nervous. Terribly. We also have Matt here. Hi, Matt. Hello. Are you nervous? Yeah, I couldn't sleep last night. I was a little excited about this one. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. So today we're going to talk about choosing the right firm. Is that correct? You tell me. You invited me here. I think that's what we're going to do. Okay. Because I think there's going to be a lot of movement in the coming months with agents. Absolutely. And Jeff has been around the block a while. He's old. He's got a lot of gray hair. That's correct. Sorry, Jeff. Jeez. Calling you out. Under the bus. Yeah. And Jeff has got a history of also different states, too. Yeah. Arizona, California. Give us a rundown. Give us the 30,000 foot view of Jeff Scott in real estate. All right. So I've been in the business about, geez, 18 years now. Uh, Licensed in Arizona originally. Got my license out in California, where I'm from. Um, Then we relocated out to North Carolina, where we have settled and restarted this business. Couldn't be happier to be in this market, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, North Carolina's, I love it. So we're we're in California. That's where I'm from. Uh, Bay Area, San Francisco. Yeah. Um, So, Matt. Yes. Let's start this off. Okay. So, how do you choose the right firm? Man, that's a loaded question. Yeah. What do you What do you look for? What's the first thing that you look for when you pick a firm? So, I haven't been around since uh, you know, Grandma was a girl like Jeff. But I uh, I've been in the business four years. Wait, wait. What was that saying? I haven't been around since Grandma was a girl. Meaning, uh, like a long time. That sounds like a Southern thing. I've never heard that before. You're welcome. Welcome (laughs) to North Carolina. And I think you should uh, take that out of your library. Library. It's a library. Not library. Okay. All right. Anyway, so uh, I I started in the business four years ago, and I was that guy. I didn't know where to land, so I went to every firm uh, possible. I went to. I'm not going to say any names, but I went to all the mega ones. Yeah. Um, What I found though is that. Yes, you get incredible support at some of these mega names out there, especially as a new agent. Mm-hmm. But it's a business too, right? So, again, mega firm A, they might say, "Here, here's a big split, and for this, we're going to give you A, B, C, D, E, F, G, give you everything that you need for as far as support." Once you get transactions under your belt, you get a little bit of experience. You realize that you don't really need all that other stuff, all that fluff. Uh, so for me, uh, I changed, um, to two mega firms and then I bought into my own firm, uh, with some partners out of uh, the Western side of the state. And, you know, our, like our value proposition for our agents is that we can offer the same stuff to these mega firms at a significantly discounted rate. Um, that, that's our value prop. So. Did I, did I answer you? You did not. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go to Jeff now. Okay, wait. You, re-ask the question. How do I choose, choose a firm? Yeah, like what's like the main thing when you look for when you're looking at it? I think you, you align with core values. Uh, for us, it's, you know, in our office, is doing the right thing. Uh, even if you lose money, you know, my, my agents that work for my team as well as just the brokerage understand that I'll bend over backwards to make a client happy, even if I have to lose money on the deal because it's the right thing to do. There's some firms out there that have written in policy, black and white. You can't do stuff like that. Yeah. It's all about the Benjamin chase the dollar. We don't care. And that's just not who I align myself with. So I think as any agent high level align with a firm's core values. Okay. It's probably the high level answer. Jeff, number one thing 
you've been through a lot of different firms. Yeah, Matt's and it's probably changed over the years, I'm sure, because it changed for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Matt touched on a lot of important things in terms of splits. You got to talk into the mic, Jeff. Sorry, let me line that up. (laughs) Um, Splits and what type of things they're offering. But one of the most important things I found was the environment and aligning myself with like-minded people. Um, We've all been in those real estate offices that you know they're ghost towns. People go in and out. Nobody's there. Um, I find that that's an environment I don't thrive in. So um, when I was looking at offices, it was finding out how many agents do they have, how many are actually active in the offices versus, you know, just hang their license there and don't show up at all. Yeah. Um, And then also, who's the management? Who's the BIC? Who are you going to be dealing with on a day-to-day basis? And sometimes I feel like that's third on the totem pole. Everybody's looking at splits. What am I making? And the next part is the brand. Um, All these companies kind of brand themselves differently. So making sure you understand what you're getting into with that. Yeah. Where so in my world in the lending world that's all relevant too with you know branch managers the culture that type of thing but um, where does support fall into to everything? Me? Either one? Either one of you? you the no one listening to this can can see we're like yeah. you know wild west finger shooting here yeah anyway yeah. Matt go say it again what was the question support where does that where does that fall in uh. I think it's incredibly like for me, I wanted to be aligned with a firm that high producers. Uh, so like my, I have three business partners and the three business partners are all uh, obviously partners in a firm, but they're all high producers. So I wanted to be along, like Jeff just said, um, uh, surrounded by like-minded people that yes, we're, we're trying to grow a brand, but we also still produce for our own teams and, mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. So, with that, I know I could call them and say, hey, look, you know, this this year I'm going to do X amount of dollars in volume or here's my GCI. Are you running into the same problems that I am? And I know they can align with me with that. The support of that is that they're behind me. I'm behind them. Uh, in our firm, we have, um, you know, every office, we have seven offices now. So seven BICs that we can call different, seven different opinions as mm-hmm. far as broker in charge go. Yeah. We have a compliance team that I can ask them as far as contract law goes. I mean, we, that, that support for me was a no brainer coming from mega firm a to a smaller firm. Um, I, I was worried about that at the beginning, but now it's, it's huge. I, I can pick up the phone. I'm just not another number, right? I'm somebody that can get an answer pretty quick. So let me ask you this. So if you were a newer ish agent, you know, the past two, three years mm-hmm. and you're thinking about switching firms, how would you find out the support or ask the right questions to the BIC or whoever you're interviewing with or talking to? Um, I think, I think you just need to plant yourself into the office is what I would do is to ask permission to the big, cause I think go way back. Let's take a few steps back. You, when you come out of real estate school, or even if you're a veteran agent, you are interviewing the firm. It's not the other way around. The firm is not interviewing you. Correct. So you need to, like Jeff said, find yourself, uh, surround yourself with people who are like-minded. Um, I lost the question again. What was the question? Jeff, when you walk in or you're going to be talking to a firm, so I know you've been with your firm for quite some time and you have some awesome people there. But like when you were talking to them originally, what if you were talking to another agent that was thinking about moving or a newer agent – how would you tell them to ask the question about support? Because I do think going forward with the market that we're going to be in, 
support is going to be up there as far as what people are going to be looking for. Absolutely. And Matt touched on that with implanting yourself in the office. Because in an interview, anybody can put the happy face on and smoke and mirrors. Yeah. But you can sit there and talk to the agents, talk to some people that have been there for a period of time and get a feel for the cycles of the real estate industry. How does it go and where is that support? Is it consistent? Does it go with the market and when you're doing well? But I mean, there's no way to find out until you start talking to everybody and kind of peeling back what type of business they're doing, how much business, how much time they're putting into it. Yeah. There's a lot of pieces that come into it. So the more time you can spend there, the more likely you are to get the true story and not uh, you know, what they want you to see. Yeah, yeah. In our office, uh, going back to the support, we're all uh, part of this coaching group. Mm-hmm. Every agent in my office is part of the same group. So talk about support and kind of surround yourself. We all have the synergy. Same. Yeah. yeah. And that's important to me because everybody comes in, we all kind of sit around the table, kumbaya, talk about whatever is important yeah. pertaining to this group. I don't know if I can say it. That's I think fine. it doesn't matter. All right. I, everybody. I mean, it's such a big name in the industry. Right. I'll say it. Ready? Yeah. Let's go. Drum roll. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Uh, Buffini and company. So all of ours, our agents in our office are all Buffco people. Yeah. We all have the same philosophy. We all work by referral. We're not out there spending thousands of dollars for leads, any of that stuff, um, which makes it easier because, yeah. you know, my old firms, I can say, Hey, you know, what are you doing to, to get leads? Oh, I'm spending 10 grand a month with Zillow. Well, that doesn't work anymore in my, in my opinion. Yeah. So anyway, surround yourself with like-minded people. Okay. So I guess the big, big question, cause it deals with what you're bringing home is like splits and I guess, cost versus reward. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a hundred different models out there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, is there one size fits all? I don't think so. Absolutely not. Okay. And how, I guess, would you look at what the split is versus the reward? Go walk through that. Like if you were a newer agent or a veteran agent switching firms. And I can explain that. I mean, when I switched to my company, I switched from one of actually a smaller company, didn't have a lot of support in terms of, um, marketing, um, social media, that sort of thing. When I was looking for another firm, I wanted a firm that was heavily involved with that because that was something I was not strong at. So I wanted them to do a little bit of that for me. And the company that I started with, you know, when we put a listing into the MLS, we get um, within hours all of our marketing for it. It's pre-pinned, it's ready to go, and that was stuff at my last firm I spent hours creating. Yeah. So with those hours, I was able to be a more productive agent. So those are some of the things that come into play. Split is absolutely important, but also what are they offering versus what you were spending before, and you're gonna find something that works for you. Yeah, because I'm seeing a lot of these models out there where it's. Um a flat rate per transaction and, and I don't, I don't know, but it, do you still get the same benefit from those type of firms or is there different? So our firm, we, we, not my team, but my firm that Mm -hmm. I'm a partner in, we are a flat rate model. Um, but we also have the same, the same philosophy of you're going to get a, B and C like the mega firms do for a substantially discounted rate in my opinion. Um, that's just how we are. That's our value prop. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other flat rate models out there where you pay a monthly fee yeah, and then you keep all your money. But what do you get for that? Some agents work better off of that or out of that environment where 
look, I pay X amount of dollars after every closing and I don't need any help. I don't need anybody holding my hand. I'm in the cloud. I'm virtual or whatever. Some people need a brick and mortar. So what we did at my particular firm, and this is not, I'm not plugging my firm or anything, but you know, we, we took bits and pieces from everything. We have a brick and mortar location. We're a flat rate firm. We offer the back end support, compliance review. We have all the offices we do and we save our agents a ton of money. That, and that's our value prop. You know, that might not work for other agent that needs handholding that needs to come in every day and be part of a synergy group where they're all talking about what's going on in the world and, and an hour a day of coaching. Like that's just not us. Yeah. What's so, your take on that? Jeff run that question by me again. <laughs> like the flat rate <laughs> model versus the reward, I guess is the question or does it matter? I mean, you kind of touched on it with the cost versus the reward, but I know, I don't know what your setup is with your firm, but does, I, I guess I don't even know what my question is. I think you've kind of already answered it, but the, what J Matt was saying with the back end support with the flat rate model, like if all these things were equal, would you go flat rate or with a split model? The thing is, it's never equal. There's a thousand different choices within all of these companies and setups. So I really think it comes down to the agent and what they're looking for and what are their strong suits. I mean, we're all different people and, you know, some people are, you know, have unlimited people energy, meaning they are great at pop buys, face-to-face, -face, phone calls, and they never get tired of that. Some agents aren't as good at that. So they want to do more mailings and more other stuff. So you got to find what works for you and find a firm that supports that. And I mean, there really are thousands of different options. So to think that you're just going to look at three, four firms and find exactly what you want, that's not really realistic. You got to talk to a lot of firms. Um, or the other approach I like is go to like-minded people. If you have agents that you gravitate towards that you've worked with in the past that you work well with that have similar ethics and values to you, then that's a great place to start. Start talking with those firms and see what they have to offer. I like that. That's I huge. Did, coming out of real estate school, it was like, I, I went to like an independent school mm -hmm. and it was, there was no guidance there. I think that's one thing that they should do. You, 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 I guess the real estate commission or something just have like a little half of class on that. hundred percent. Uh, cause I think there's so many agents that it's just a snowball effect. They align themselves or affiliate themselves with the wrong firm, which gives them bad training or training that doesn't really resonate with them which then turns into a bad experience for a client, which then gives some real estate brokers a bad name, right? It's just a constant snowball. Yeah. And nothing was wrong with either. No, it was just, it was just, just, it was a bad fit, bad fit, bad yeah. puzzle piece. So, and again, it doesn't make anybody a bad person or affirm a bad place or anything like that. So you just got to find the right place. Yeah. So did we just like knock it out in 12 minutes, 13 minutes? I think we did. That was pretty good. I mean, you guys did a really good job. I mean, what else would you guys say? You got some notes in front of you, Jeff. Yeah, he has a yellow pad. I mean, we covered all of it. Yeah? I mean... Where do you think the market's going? Ooh, Ooh. Let's go. Let's go. Is that where we're going? We're going to go. That just happened. That just happened. Well, let's say I do think our market is more protected than others. Yeah. Um, but my view of how well protected we are has changed over the last few months. Just watching these interest rates go up. Um our inventory change, prices, that sort of thing. So I think we're in for, a, um, I guess, a rough rough year is what it's looking like. Yeah, I think uh, Q1 will be okay, but then I think the rest of 2023 is going to be tough. Why, why Q1 okay? 
I think rates are going to go down a little bit. Um, semi-correction. I've heard that from uh, one of my lenders that I very rarely do business with. <laughs> <laughs> and then also part of the Buffini network. Yeah. Um, but yeah, interest rates right now, people, they're being priced out of homes. You used to, this time last year, you could afford a $500,000 home. You might be able to afford a three fifty now. Yeah. Right. And in our market, we don't have a lot of three to $400,000 inventory out there. Not yeah. anymore. I used to think that I knew what was happening, but the last couple of weeks has been a slap. It's everywhere. It's just, nobody knows a lot of outside of our market is influencing things here. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 well, I think uh, what what's going to happen in our area to, I, I think we're protected to Jeff's point better than some other places around the country. A lot of these builders, we, we have enough vacant land here for these builders to last for the next 10 to 20 years. No problem. And I think what will happen is these builders are going to start buying down rates. I mean, I just bought a new house, uh, last, last week. Yeah. Last week we closed there. The builder bought down our rate to yeah a crazy amount. And I think that's what we're going to see. I think we're going to see a gigantic push towards new construction uh, and then kind of figure out the resale market in the next five years once we kind of fill out a little bit here. Wow, that's a long time. That's my point. I mean, I, you look at, look at Wake, we all live in Wake Forest, right? Yeah. That area is exploding with growth. I mean, there's a new national builder that's about to put four or 500 homes into a spot. Yeah. Another one that's doing like 200 all these houses coming that are all new construction and with rates being at, what are they? 7% ish. We crossed seven yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So you you got a builder say, look, I'll buy down your rate to three and a half, 4%. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're an idiot for not at least entertaining it. Correct. As a buyer. Yeah. And your agent should be pushing you towards that. Honestly, if, if they're looking out for your best interest, you get a brand new home at a substantially discounted price with maybe some other incentives thrown in. That's a good viable option to look at. So how does that, I guess, with the market coming up, how does that help it? Just people moving it from their resale to new construction? Well, I, I think the, the step-up buyer, the affordability becomes better. You, well, it goes back to what it was. Right. Yeah. It so becomes doable. Right. You know, it's, it's people that say, hey, look, I've got maybe a school district is why they want to move, or maybe they're adding another family member or whatever their, their issue is. And the reason they're looking to buy, um, you know, becomes all right. Now this is within reach. It's tangible now versus, Hey, I'm sorry, kids. We're stuck in this area. We're stuck in a school district or whatever you don't want to be a part of. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I think new construction is going to play on that. And I think it's going to be huge. A big part of our, at least our local market and probably national too. Yeah. So you should say to agents to go to the new sale route versus resale. You know, a majority of my sales have been new construction just because that's where I first yeah. started in an industry and that's what I know. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I, I, I'm always looking at new construction for buyers because you got the home warranty for at least a year from the builder. You've got, you, you know, your house is new. Yes. There's, I mean, for anybody listening, there's no perfect house, even new construction. They're not perfect, but at least, you know, you got the warm and fuzzies by having a warranty behind the builder. Yeah. So kind of tying that into our previous conversation, like with with the market going the way that it's going, kind of similar to, I guess, 18 and 19, 2018 and 19. Uh, what is one or two pieces of advice that you'd give to agents going into a, a different market than what we've seen the last two years? It's a big one, but 
Super simple. <laughs> Who wants I'll to go? go. <laughs> I think the first piece is, uh, and it's actually Jeff's point, is align yourself with like-minded people. Yeah. Um, there's a For me, there's an immense amount of value by being face-to-face with people. Yeah, I guess that's uh, more my question is like what agents can do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, go go. So here's what I did when I first started. Um, I didn't know anything about anything. I, I went new construction to learn how houses were built. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, all right, I'm ready to go general brokerage. So I went general brokerage, and I would go and hang out with all the top producing agents in my office. Pretended I had fake phone calls to look like I was busy, not a loser. You know, but I would hear them on the phone and hear how they would interact with their clients. I learned so much in those five six months on how they interact with people, and then. Lo and behold, I translated that to my business and I started getting clients. So I think being around like-minded people, uh, you know, there's nothing, in my opinion, there's nothing wrong. I mean, Jeff's probably a better agent than I am. If I sit there and see how he interacts with his clients, how he does paperwork, how he does marketing, all that kind of stuff, I'm pretty sure he does 90% of the business better than I do. So why not learn, copy what he does and do it for yourself? That's my first piece of advice. That's a good piece. Yeah. It's it's harder now post COVID because most people are working remote, but you can find offices that are like that. So and my second one is oh, you, have, you have two because okay. you asked for two. I one or two. If I said, you, but you always go I'm, above and beyond. I'm a giver. My second <laughs> one is walkthroughs. That's that's a lost art. I think uh, you should schedule agent pre uh, on resales agent previews or yep. even new construction. Go walk through, learn something. You can tell a difference from one of these spec builders to a stick built home and how it's built quality wise know your craft. Yeah. So I like you, that. If you got extra time, be better with it. Preview open houses, all that good uh, stuff. Yeah. Go find a house that's being framed by a builder and pick it apart. Yeah. I like that. Jeffrey recap the question for me. <laughs> <laughs> Two things that what? So with, uh, we go with the market that we're going into and the different types of brokerages, like tying it all together. Like what's one or two pieces of advice that you'd give agents right now in the market condition. Focus on the people, you know, and this goes back to some of the Buffini stuff. Yeah. You know, work within your sphere of influence. The people that like you are going to be receptive to your message and they want to help you and want to give you business. So it's working with those people that already like you and asking for the business. Yeah. Um, I think that's in a natural way, a natural way. Yes. And everybody does that differently. So find what your strong suit is, but don't shy away from conversations. I find most agents don't even want to talk on the phone nowadays. It's all via text. It's via email. Guys, pick up the phone. You can cover that same email or text in one to two minutes versus the 15 minutes it took you to write that email. And it's better received. I'm a phone person. I like that. Yeah, I think that's huge. I like people are getting people. away from that because you can just cover so much more and it doesn't get lost in texts and, you know, yeah. everybody understands the context. Yeah. So I think that's one of the most important things. Um, as far as the other, again, I'm still synergizing with pe- like-minded people. Yeah. That's the most important thing because that's what keeps you going. I mean, that's where I get my energy from for the day. Yeah. And if I don't get that, you know, it's diminished energy. Yeah. I got to stay in that in, you know, around like-minded people to keep that going. I like it. I think we kind of did good. 50, 50. I nailed it. Jeff nailed it. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff came prepared. He has he, a notepad. He's pretty smooth. He's got a yellow pad. I didn't yeah. know what I was getting into. So I, I put some thought to it. Yeah. You, you did good. Can you read what's on your yellow pad? No, I write like a child. Okay. You have good. Yeah. 
It's it's pretty bad actually. I was just looking at it. But you did a good job. Thank We're you. gonna have you on more. Okay. You're good. <laughs>